0: We'll one and all to another edition of the shadow initiative paranormal talk and tv we are your hosts with the most ghosts stephen lancaster and uh, myself rick hale hey stephen how are you today i i am fantastic and i mean i'm ready to go i could see i mean i can see that wow that's a lot of pop i've got a problem man (laughs) i've got a problem You know what? You probably do. So, hey, you know, speaking of which, we have got a huge show lined up for everybody today. I mean, we are blowing our wad, so to speak, on the show. Yes, Steven, I said it on the air. Um, we have got, oh my God, where do I even begin? We have a flaming ghost train, which we're actually going to discuss because I disagree with the uh, uh, ghost part of it. Um, We have a 9 billion year old signal, radio signal coming from a galaxy over 9 billion light years away. And, you know, of course, they want us to send nudes. So, yeah, 9 billion years to get there. Um, We have an article that I recently sent to you and that's really making, uh, you know, the rounds right now on social media. Um, that is all about wikipedia and skepticism believe it or not wikipedia actually comes more and on the side of cynicism and there's a reason for that because of the organization that is behind it so we're going to take a look at that article as well and then we're also going to take a look at um, social media in general i guess you could say like this is the social media show (laughs) <laughs> Stephen. Uh we're going to be taking a look at I, I I was going through Facebook the other day and I came across this post that I was like what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> so, we're going to talk about that and so much more right here on the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk and TV. Okay, I'll shut up and let you speak now, Stephen. No, you were on a
1: roll, man. It's fantastic. I I mean, I I Greatly look forward to these shenanigans. The the shenanigans, the
0: shenanigans, as you um, spelled. Yeah, hey, so I'll own it. I'll own it. Okay, yeah, cool, Mr. Professional Writer. Right. Um, (laughs) so, oh, did I touch a nerve there? No, not at all. Oh, okay, no, not at all. All right, cool. So, where do where should we even get started? I mean, should just how was your week? What's new? I tell you man, it's like being a kid
1: waiting for Christmas, you know as like Christmas starts closing in. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, the days get longer, right? When you're a kid, yeah. it's like, man, when's it going to get here? I want my Nintendo. Right. Anyway, so for me it's like that because 13 days from now, Rick, I will enter what nobody has seen yet, and that is my recording studio.
0: Okay. Ah, yes. I'm like, I don't want to see anything you enter, Stephen.
1: <laughs> I will enter my recording studio to begin work on my album Great. for the Phantom Music Box Project. I am so excited, man. I've, I, if you keep if seeing me look down, it's because I'm, I'm watching our surveillance. Um, it's pouring the rain here, and I have my equipment starting to come. Okay. And one of my new guitars is showing up today.
0: Gross. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay.
1: So it's like I'm I'm watching to make sure FedEx because it's pouring the rain. What's FedEx gonna do? What is he gonna say, eh, I'm just gonna throw this, you know, eleven hundred dollar guitar out in the rain. Is he gonna honk and say, Hey, will somebody come out? Or is he just gonna leave? So I can't risk any of that. I have to be on alert, Rick. <laughs> On alert for the guitar.
0: You have to be on alert for the guitar. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't want something like that being left out in the rain. Oh, no. Especially with, you know, your equipment coming and all. Most of the time I like
1: it when my equipment's wet. But, hey, this isn't that kind (laughs) of (laughs) show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, this is totally that
1: kind of a show. Yes, you can subscribe to Rick and Steven's OnlyFans for
0: $500 a month. And hey, it's
1: exactly what you'll see right here. Nothing different.
0: You know, Jamie as far as OnlyFans is concerned, this is what Jamie suggested and I'm not I've never really been able to determine if she was joking or not, but apparently people will pay a big money on OnlyFans to watch an amputee stroke like massage yeah. and I'm not sure if she was joking about this, but she actually suggested that I get an only page, you know, with like taking my leg off and, and stroking my, uh, my stump, uh, it, you know, in case, you know, for a little context, folks, I'm an amputee. So um, anyways, I, I mean, I considered it. <laughs> hey, let me <laughs> tell let me tell you something.
1: Extra I show money on the side, you know. I'm not gonna say their names for the sake of anonymity. Um, but I know some people that are on OnlyFans and are killing it for doing nothing. Like there really there is a fetish out there for everybody.
0: That kind of sounds like the par that sounds like paranormal land it, you know. Paranormal.
1: My one friend made fifteen dollars fifteen hundred dollars. Off of one dude who just wanted a picture of her feet. Really? Fifteen hundred dollars, dude. But the hmm. these people that I know do it are making hundreds, if not thousands, a week, and not all of it is sexual. Yeah, it's like you were talking about just rubbing the nub, you know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> but <laughs> You know what I mean? There is somebody Uh, out there who, you know, weird shit. They just want to see weird shit. Some some people pay to watch you pee, dude. It's crazy. It's absolutely
0: crazy. Well, speaking of weird shit, let's get started.
1: Yes, (laughs) let's do this.
0: This is weird. Now, uh, it's a weird post, and I'm not going to say who made the post, and I'm not going to say what group that the post was made on um hold on one second i gotta find it real quick Where that's what she it? said hold on sorry about this I kind of
1: it's fine ladies and gentlemen if you'll
0: look to your right you oh, will see my cat
1: satan
0: satan yes hi satan aw Satan's adorable. So, okay, all right. I found I found what I was looking for. Sorry about that. Like, you know, sometimes Messenger, if you turn it off and go back to it, it just boop. It you know gets rid of what what you're looking for. So, I'm not going to say who made this, and I'm not going to say what what group made this. But I, I I was reading this. I was going through their stuff, and I came across this post, and I thought it was really strange, because there's a lot of weirdness that goes on in uh, social media, paranormal land. And the post is as follows. It has come to our attention that people on here that is a part of another group is trying to poach our members, which, which right there, it's like very strange. in and of I have never heard anything like this until you brought it to my attention, but proceed. Of course, because I love bringing this weird shit to your attention. Yes. Okay. We accept people have a choice, but to use dirty, underhanded tactics is not on. We ensure to be fair and genuine to our members. Obviously, you know, this person is grammar challenged. Um, We don't need to poach from other groups. We have had six people come forward reporting this to us, all stating the same group. So we just thought we would be kind and let that other group know that we know. What they are up to. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack here. (laughs) First off. I'm sorry if if I don't take this seriously. I'm sorry. I I was flabbergasted when I saw this. Okay, so here's the deal. This is social media. There is no such thing as poaching other members. If you have somebody come to you and say, oh, hey, do you want to join our group? That's kind of just really super common An old hat so far here on social media. It's not really poaching. It's just people asking if you want to be part of their group. And it's like, I thought to myself, it's like, okay, this is really strange. And I wrote to you, this was, you know, you and I going back and forth about this. I wrote, this is literally the stupidest thing I've seen. And it really is. How do you poach in an open social media forum? So basically, this is not a paranormal group but a cult. So this group is saying, hey, look, don't come on our page and ask people if they want to be part of this, part of your group, because, well, they belong to us. They don't belong to you. They belong to us. So, you know, of course, I, you know, go a little bit further with this. And I ask, how do you poach from social media groups? Aren't people free to join whatever group they want? That's an honest answer, right? Now, I'm expecting at this point, Stephen, that I'm going to be unfriended, blocked, and kicked out of this group, which those three things never actually happen, Mm -hmm. which is really awesome. So, But the person answers back, Rick Hale, it is when other groups ask to join your group, then pester the members to join their group. I've had members come forward saying that two particular groups um, are bombarding them Every time we go live to their groups, this is unfair to our members that has reported this problem to us. So I just say, OK, <laughs> <laughs> because it's like I, I'm, I'm trying to, like, formulate what I'm trying to say, because I am just shocked, Stephen, <laughs> by the sheer stupidity of this. It's, it's
1: histrionic. Okay. It's narcissistic, as can be, yeah. man. It'd be like, I mean, first off, oh my God. First off, every group is different. You know, you and I are involved in God knows how
0: many different paranormal groups. You know, and it's like, I don't even, I think I might, I think I'm probably part of a couple hundred paranormal groups and I participate in five and that's including us. And the thing about it is
1: isn't that aren't they kind of contradicting their point you know mm-hmm. what they're calling poaching what it what what this woman's actually doing is insulting and mocking her own members and yeah. they don't even realize it because if a group it, it, let's say I join shadow initiatives uh group page or something okay. you know, and i i see another group uh nationwide paranormal And I go and I join that group. That would be like you saying, dude, why are you joining other groups? Well, why not? I mean, you wouldn't say something like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but that would be me like coming to you and saying, Rick, man, you know, I'm in your group, but all these other groups keep sending me invites and then you get mad and go after these other groups. Instead, I should just ignore them if I don't want to be in that group. They're not she's right. not giving her members credit. They're choosing to go to another group if that's what they want to do. Right. So they're not being stolen, they're not being bribed. They chose oh. to join another group. Right. Exactly. Which you're completely free to do. You're a freak. In- you're, you you In- think you've got control of these people. That's right. ridiculous. That's like I, she's she must be a Karen. That's all I can say. I don't know, but wait,
0: there's more. There's more. Yeah. <laughs> so I asked the question, and of course, it's a totally smart-ass question, and I'll explain why after I read it to you. So I wrote, so what about people who send you a friend request and have no other interaction with you other than to set out group invites? Now, Stephen... You've had this happen to you. Oh, God. I've had this happen to me. It happens all the time. It's like they don't care about you. They don't want to interact with you. They just want you to uh, boost up their numbers for whatever reason. I don't know what that is. So she writes back that us not poaching from another group. You know, again, grammar challenge. Um, and I just write back. Okay, (laughs) and that's where it ends, because it's like I honestly I can't, you know, think of anything really good to say because I'm so flabbergasted by this. But this is one of those this is one of those things that does happen a lot in social media. Like I get, you know, no less than 10 friend requests every day and I might accept only one. The hot ones. No, not even that like people that actually have like, uh, you know, some kind of, um, uh, same interest or people that I know are going to interact because I've already interact with them already. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I get a like page or as soon as I get a join group, that person is gone. Like, I will not make you social media famous. And you have absolutely no other interaction with me. Right. I'm just not doing it. I refuse to do it. And uh, have you had this happen to you?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, uh, th- that stoner-ass, crackhead fuck that we had on this show <laughs> would send... Yeah, I- would send Every day, like 10 to 20 invites, man, to groups right. he was affiliated with. And I, I remember I even said something to you. I'm like, dude, why are you always are you getting these? Because <laughs> he's yeah. it's every fucking day. And thank god we pissed him off enough that where he unfriended us. Because now I, I don't get that that uh onslaught of invites. I I don't mind um being invited to something that I might be interested in. What, what Mm -hmm. I, what I do mind is when I don't accept the invite, you keep fucking doing it. Right. You know, right. I I've, I'm getting to the point now where I'm whittling down my circle, not only in my personal life, but, but uh, internet life, whatever you want to call it to where my time is precious, man. You know, the older you get, the more you realize I don't have time to spend all day going down through all these groups and keeping up with all this bullshit. Exactly. I mean, I got shit to do. Yeah. Man. Now it's like when you came to me initially with Karen, uh, the poacher, <laughs> when you came to me with her, uh, I, I didn't get what you were getting at at first. Cause mm-hmm. I, I immediately said to you, I've got a story to share about this. I thought, because I would have never in a million years, Thought that that was what you were talking about because it's so ridiculous. Okay, it's just so ridiculous. You can't be friends with this person if you're friends with me. That's the that's the kind of attitude, right? That's that's exactly that. That's my takeaway. From yeah. That. So I thought you were talking about um, paranormal groups, as in like investigative teams um, oh. taking members from other teams. Because I thought that was going to be a good discussion. Cause I, I remember what back when I was actively running the pit crew, um there would there would be people from other teams come to me wanting to join the pit crew. And then mm-hmm. the leaders of these other teams would get pissed. You know, like you're trying to take our members. Well man, that they're adults. If they don't want yeah. their, uh, clearly there's an issue that they don't want to be a part of your group anymore.
0: Or it's like they don't maybe they just want to see how another group operates. Hey, learn exactly. You know, that's what I'm going for right there. I mean, if you want to belong to XYZ group and then also be a member of ABC group, fine, because then it's like maybe you could bring them together and learn a little something and then pass some wisdom along um from being a part of these two, three, four different groups. There's nothing wrong with that because I mean I think that a lot of people they get into this weird thing about the paranormal that that it's like a religion or even like a cult. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, like, like 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 I mentioned earlier about this um, and it's not a religion and it's not a cult. We're not out there, you know, going to holy wars with each other. Oh, hi, Kitty, or turf wars, <clears throat> excuse me, with each other. Over who belongs to what group. I mean, it's so utterly ridiculous. I don't even I don't even know what to say or where to begin.
1: Oh god. I knew it was gonna come to this one day.
0: Aww. Pussy
1: being in my face during this show.
0: She looks like my little collie.
1: So, anyways, oh, I can't wait to your ass gets directly in front of me. This is gonna be great. Um, but <laughs> like I true. looked looked at my team like the Pit Crew as a hub. I was mm-hmm. happy. When one of them found success or branched off, you know, or, or went, you know, after I shut the team down, most people went into independent research <laughs> on their own. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I was excited about that. And even at one point, um, they came from different teams and, and I had a falling out with this team in Wilmington because two of their members wanted to join the pit crew and I, I took it professionally and I said, well, you can do both. I don't care. I mean, you Mm -hmm. can still go out with that team and and come out with, with my team, whatever. And at first they were doing that dual team thing until this other team just said, you got to pick a side, pick a side. What is this? A competition. It's like the sharks and the jets. jets, And and that's obviously, a problem we have seen since the dawn of these stupid ass paranormal teams is people look at the paranormal as a competition.
0: period, yeah. I mean, what is what's up with that? I mean, but I kind of also get it too, because you have literally tens of thousands of people who see this as a means to um, gain notoriety or even gain fame, right. Well, it's like so, your post okay.
1: the other day uh, I think it was you had um well, what was it it, it was uh, it was you um somebody talking about the the paranormal teams on TV oh it was asking mm-hmm. that age- old question of can you call yourself a professional which we've talked about a lot on this show expert expert okay
0: yeah
1: a- and we've talked about it you know like once you get a record deal, you're considered a professional musician. Mm-hmm. but I consider myself a procession professional musician. I don't have a record deal. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Cause I can play fucking shit. You know, a, a football player is a football player until he gets signed with, with a NFL team. And then he's prof- a professional athlete. He was already the professional athlete. That's why you signed him. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's just labels, man. And I was going to comment, but I didn't want to stir the pot. I just wasn't in the mood. But it's oh, I invite
0: you. I I always invite you to stir. You know,
1: there were always there were these people. You know, a lot of comments saying you know the people on TV are viewed as professional. Right there's the problem. Sue any any of these investigators on TV should not be viewed as professional. They are (laughs) frauds. They are actively faking evidence, and you're referring to them as the professionals.
0: Right, professional fraudsters. Yeah, sure. Well, that's, that's what somebody did say on that post that, or they did make a comment that, you know, oftentimes it's the producers who put that on there, you know, to like, you know, boost the show or whatever, you know, Hey, everybody likes the term expert. Everybody loves that. Everybody loves the term professional because then that means that you have um, Maybe knowledge that the that the rest of us don't, and really, it's like a lot of these people that you see on television, Stephen. Man, they don't know what the fuck they're even talking about. See, and we've actually had people on this show that's like, really, my dude. Right, right.
1: <laughs> a guy, a guy we had on. The whole premise of his show was based on. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's be careful. I'm being here. very okay. careful. Was based <laughs> okay. on what I would call a professional ghost hunter, you know, somebody that you and I learned from and Mm -hmm. this chap knew nothing about him. It's what, (laughs) I mean, he was, we shocked him. We could tell we were talking legitimate shit about this individual and he didn't know any of it, none of it. Right. You know, and, and I hate that excuse. And I saw it in that thread of, Oh, but they don't know the producers are doing that shit. Bullshit. Bullshit. No, see, the thing is, they thing signed is, is you... the paper right. that this shit was going
0: to happen. And you know this better than I do because I've never been on television. You have and you don't shut up about it. But <laughs> No, but seriously though, you have been on television so you know all the ins and outs and all the tricks and, and shenanigans that get played. Eve, Eve, your, your, your own lovely wife, mm-hmm. EA mentioned it when she was yeah. on the show.
1: Yeah. So that bullshit was oh, I was on that show, but I didn't know they were doing that bullshit. bullshit. Right. Yeah, don't Back, give us active that. fraud. The warrens were active frauds, and these are the people you're idolizing. That's the
0: problem. Mm-hmm. That is correct. So, yeah, you know, moving along since you bring up the Warrens, because you know, everybody loves talking about the Warrens. So I put this um, article on our page a couple of days ago talking about Amityville. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have all been, it was called Alternative Facts in Amityville. And it was, I wrote this year, like 10 years ago. And it was on the supernaturalmagazine.com. And you can see it on our page. You can see it on my page. You can read it. And it goes into great detail. Um, about how Amityville was nothing more than a hoax. Correct. It was a hoax to make money. Yeah. And it made a lot of people. Still money, does. and still does, including the warrants. Mm-hmm. So I put this on the ASAP page, which is the Association for the Scientific. Uh, let me get to it so I can give you the exact name of it here. Um, The Association for the Scientific Study of Anomalous Phenomena. Um, So, you know, of course, anytime you put anything concerning um, Amityville, because we have all been brought up in the, even, even in the paranormal, especially in the paranormal community, but also in pop culture as a whole, that um, Amityville is the uh, benchmark by which All malevolent hauntings are judged or based. Right. And so I kind of sort of got into it with a friend of the show on the page. And I think you know who this friend of the show is, because for whatever reason, he unfriended you. Oh, we had him on the show once before. You know who I'm talking about, right?
1: Probably. Yeah, there's been so many.
0: (laughs) Bless his heart. So. You know, of course, I'm not gonna, you know, say what he said word for word, but of course, the whole demonic thing is brought up. Um, how the Warrens went in and found that the place was crawling with demons and that, you know, what the, the haunting was real. And it's like, okay, look, I'm willing to accept that something happened. Like, I'm willing to accept that. And now I'm waiting to hear back from one of the people who brought up a good good point that. You know, Christopher Quarantino, who was one of the children at the Amityville Horror, that he would agree with my assessment. So we're going to I'm going to chat with this person offline and then we'll come back to it at a later date so we can talk about what she said. So somebody brought up a really. Like this. Okay, this person brought up a really interesting point. Just because one part of something has been proven to be false. Does that mean that it invalidates the whole case? Now I thought that that was a really interesting point because Hans Holzer was there. Mm. Okay. Now when it comes to credibility, Hans Holzer is one of those who has immense credibility. Hans Holzer, Peter Underwood, Harry Price, immense credibility in the field. Very tough. Yeah. Now, according to him, the house was haunted. Mm. And the, but the, The spirit was of a much different nature. I guess it was like the ghost of an angry sea captain or whatever, which would stand to reason considering the fact that Amityville is right off the ocean. I'm willing to accept that. But, Stephen, what I'm trying to get at here is the point that this person made. Just because one thing was invalidated, does that mean the entire case is invalidated? Does that mean that we just completely get rid of it altogether?
1: No, not at all. I mean, the Brentwood's a great example. You know, for years, um, we thought people were being trapped into the bathroom, in the bathroom. And uh, we know the place is haunted. It's, it's one of the most haunted locations I've ever had the privilege to investigate. And uh, but years into it, my head investigator, Alan Bess, he figured out why the door was doing what it was doing. And it was very simple. It was humidity levels. It was a wooden door. Certain times a year, it would lock people in there because the door would swell. And you couldn't get the door back open, but in the colder months, that wood would constrict, and the door would swing freely. Did that completely negate the entire haunting of Brentwood? No, it was just one thing we disproved, or Alan disproved. You know, so no, I don't think so. The problem is, is people want to ignore the truth, man. They, they, it's. These assholes out there boasting the Warrens and Zach Baggins and these people, they're all frauds, man. I mean, what these are the people that we've talked about that you can show them the the indisputable evidence. And they just, oh, no, no, they just won't won't believe it. I mean, William Defoe's attorney flat out said they made the bullshit
0: up. They made it up right and that's what i wrote about the article and i wanted to hit on those bullet points of the things that i wrote in the article and that's one of them i mean he actually says i think i can't remember what television show it was on or maybe it was in a newspaper he actually said that they sat around drinking several bottles of wine coming up with this story yes and the whole idea behind the story was was to get his murderous thug Of a client off by saying, oh, it was Spirit Voice that told me to do this. So you got the attorney who admits the
1: entire thing was concocted. You've got, because the Warrens never actually wrote their own books, like you and I. The the people, their ghostwriters, admitting that they (laughs) made the shit up. That Ed Warren told them, make it up, make it scary. He instructed them to fake it. You know, how many times does somebody got to Enfield
0: was not a Warren's case. See, and I got something to say to that, too. I mean, I actually had the opportunity to interview the late guy, Lion Playfair, like the guy who was actually boots on the ground in this house with with uh, with. And and wasn't
1: he the guy who greeted the Warrens at the door
0: and said, nobody wants you here? (laughs) He, he actually said, and I quote his words, he said this off off the air. Um, they were there long enough for me to tell them to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Yet everybody
1: in the commercial world out there thinks that the Warrens handled that case and they had zero to do with it. And and and, and because I'm on the business side of media. Mm-hmm. OK, and, and and I think we've talked about this before there are movies made and being made about the Warren's cases, right? Yes. conjuring films, haunting in Connecticut, all this bullshit. Okay. Amityville Warner brothers owns the Warren's stories. The Warren's Mm -hmm. sold their stories to Warner brothers. If those stories were true, and involved actual clients, they could not have sold that story to Warner Brothers. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Because the actual right. clients would have something to say about it, they would profit from it. But it's all made up. They're werewolf bullshit. It's all, it's just stories they made up, they sold to the media, and they banked off of it. Mm-hmm. Annabelle was a five minute conversation with a couple nurses about a raggedy and doll and they just took the doll and then they ran with it after that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's
0: there it's it's bullshit. I know. No, I I know. But the, and the thing is is like no matter what you do and no matter what you say, you will never convince their um their fans otherwise. But I it's will same-
1: I will say this and I've said it before Rick. I am glad there is such a thing as ghost adventures. I am glad there's such a thing as paranormal TV in general. I am glad something to talk about. I am glad there is the Warren Legacy Foundation. Why? Because the moment I see somebody boasting the fact that they are part of the Warren Foundation, you're gone to me. I don't mm-hmm. there is not a damn thing I'm ever gonna listen to you say. So the TV show followers, the Warren followers, all you guys are doing for me is segregating yourself into this group of fraud, and you have no credibility with the real people.
0: Yeah. So, you know, moving back to the article, I just kind of wanted to cover some of the bullet points with this so we know, you know, what bullshit Amityville actually was. Now, one of the interesting parts that I wrote about in this um, is that according to the book and of course the movie, some of the DeFeo family's furniture had been left behind, including the beds the DeFeo children were sleeping in when they were murdered. So let's take let's unpack that first. Okay. If you, if somebody came into your home and shot you in the middle of the night and killed you. In your bed. Are you going to be able to leave that bed behind or what are the police going to do with that bed? Right. They're going to remove it as evidence. And once it's been used in the trial, they'll destroy it. Okay. Uh, Either that or keep it locked away in a vault somewhere, you know, for, you know, for future Reference or whatever. So that's one of the ones where the Warrens really kind of like took it and ran with it, and were like, "These beds are still here, and they're possessed with the souls of these people." No, those beds aren't. Were never. They they were immediately taken out of that house after Ronnie DeFeo shot his shot his siblings and his parents.
1: And and to piggyback off of that comment, we we've said it before. Do do research. Uh, guys and gals at home do research how many times these paranormal shows josh gates even though he's a lovable guy you know Mm -hmm. ghost hunters ghost adventures they give you this backstory of murder or kidnapping or rape check the police logs all this Mm -hmm. stuff is publicly accessible 90 percent of the time when they're saying somebody was murdered in this house it never even happened the police, their files are the truth, okay ninety nine percent of the time. if a murder actually took place there, that murder would be documented. And you would be surprised at how many of these stories on Paranormal TV there's nothing to research. You can't find shit because they made it up
0: yeah. oh, and and I have I have looked, I have watched some of these episodes, and then, you know, used my uh cuz I am a master of google foo and went back on google and looked it up and was like oh yeah that's horse shit and it's it's one of those things that you really see quite a bit on um you know ghost adventures okay another bullet point to hit so after the book and the movies came out there were a metric fuck ton of lawsuits that were filed
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay and one of those lawsuits came from uh, one of the people who, you know, according to the movie and the book, played an important role in this. And that was, you know, Father Ray Mancuso. Now, if we remember from the book, if we, rem- if we remember from the movie, Father Ray showed up at the house to bless the house. And he got trapped in a room where he was attacked by a swarm of flies. And then a voice, a demonic voice, comes out of nowhere and says, get out, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what the book and the movie talked about. But according to Father Mancuso, that never happened. He was never actually at the house. He was never there to do a blessing. He was requested to come there and do a blessing, but decided to take care of the situation on the phone with George Lutz. So that is another huge bullet point. Um,
1: let's well, see. Again, Let- again, with the legality of it, when when there is a true paranormal story um, being adapted for film, television, literary works, uh, there's a lot of legal tape that goes with that. When, oh, it, it, God. when oh, it's I a real that. story. You know, the mm-hmm. exorcist story is a perfect example. OK, because that exorcism did take place. OK, now, did all that shit really happen? Probably not. But the exorcism did take place. But it wasn't a girl. It was a, a young boy.
0: Yeah, okay. who was experiencing
1: severe. Right. But, the, but the movie, could, you know, for the sake of family members, all this other shit, um, everything had to be altered and changed to put this on the film. You know, and that's that's where it became a girl being possessed and blah, blah, blah. That's what happens when something is loosely based on a true story. OK, yeah, there's legal tape that goes with that. And all of this stuff can be tracked and uh, researched.
0: Right, exactly. And on to another lawsuit. Now, another lawsuit was put was put on the book in the movie by a local a uh, Native American tribe, the Shinnecock, mm-hmm. who, according to the book and the movie, the land where the house now sits was used as a, you know, a place where they would send their sick, their dying, and their um, uh, mentally ill. Okay, the, according to the book and movie, that that's what they said. Now, according to the actual Shinnecock tribe. They adamantly denied the claim saying that they would never do such a terrible thing to their own people. So now you have the very tribe that has, you know, lived in that area of New York for literally thousands of years saying that we've never done this. This has never happened. So there are no pissed off Native American spirits that are attacking this family
1: thoughts no i mean you said it that's all it that needs to be said but uh, the bigger issue here rick is is people is society refusing to face the truth we talk about that all the time that the word belief does not mean fact right okay opinion does not mean fact when you pull all the facts and we'll just, since we're talking about Amityville, when you pull all the facts, every, everything that you know about Amityville and the paranormal, it's not true. Right. But these people will continue to worship the Warrens, man. Worship them. Why? I
0: I, I don't get it, man. I don't get it either. So... Moving on to another uh, significant lawsuit, and this lawsuit was brought by the people who lived in the house after the events, okay? Now, according to the book and the movie, the place was pretty much torn up by demons running rampant all over the house, blowing out windows, blowing um, doors off hinges. Now, according to the people who lived in the house afterwards, they moved in and it was all original. The windows were original. The door was original. Um, You know, even so much as, you know, like there was no evidence on the walls of the walls bleeding or this, you know, goo coming off the wall so that everything was original. The only problem that they had in this house was not the ghosts haunting it, but the ghost hunters haunting it. Coming up to the door, knocking on the door, asking questions, looking in the window. So basically this whole thing to these new owners was a such a huge pain in the ass that they actually uh, filed lawsuits to get it to stop. Yeah, dude, it's,
1: it's like I've always said, that's why you you cannot find anywhere an exterior shot of where I live. Because, yeah, because no, fuck that, man. I don't want people knocking on my door. I don't want people stopping and taking selfies. You know, fuck that shit,
0: yeah, you know well, it's like when my first book came out, um, originally, I am from Chicago, Illinois, on the north side in the uh, uh, uptown neighborhood. And um, but we live about thirty five miles north of Chicago. And when my first book came out, Jamie was like, can you take that off of there that that's where you currently live? Because I don't want people knowing where you live, especially now that was also at the time that I was hosting um, Paranormal Underground Radio. Um, she just didn't want people to know where we live. And then it's like, yeah, you don't want people to know where you live because then you got people bugging you. You got people showing up, hey, sign my book for me. Or, hey, I love your mm-hmm. show. And it's like, or even in the extreme with the poor people who own the Amityville home. That, um, you know, they had people come to their house, man, looking in windows and stuff. I mean, last thing I want is like somebody looking in my window when I'm I don't know picking my nose or some something but
1: no but at the same time, to play devil's advocate here, okay, there's a certain level of responsibility that comes with buying a property that that you know has a stigma to it in some in some form or another. You know, like right. like the the family who used to own the Goonies house, mm-hmm. bitching and moaning about people stopping and taking pictures, coming up on the porch. You bought the Goonies house, right? You're gonna what get did nerds you like think us. was gonna happen. Now finally, yeah. they've sold it, and it actually went to this Uber Goonies fan who's gonna be opening it up to people. Super cool, you know. Good for him. But when we go for to her. sell this house. There's going to be a stigma to it and the people who buy it are going to know it. So either you want that attention or you don't. So don't buy the house, right. you know, and that, that goes with anything. It's like the Brentwood. Um, I don't know if I've told you this or not, but Eric and Kim have sold it. I did. T- yes, yes you did. I did tell you that. Okay. So these new owners knew what they were getting into. Mm-hmm. Okay. They know they're going to have paranormal investigators lining up. At the fucking door, so they've accepted that. But that's different. But don't don't buy don't move to Florida and then complain about fucking hurricanes.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly. So to end this, we're going to talk about what we kind of you know talked a little bit about earlier with uh, Ronnie DeFeo's lawyer. So, and um, and this is uh, this is taken. I'm reading this directly from the article that I had written. In September of 1979, Ronnie DeFeo's attorney was quoted in People magazine. People magazine, of all all magazines. I know the book is a hoax. We created this horror story over many bottles of wine. And later that year, while on the Merv Griffin show, George Lutz was pressed by the host. Now, if you don't really know about Merv Griffin, Merv Griffin did not let up. When he was interviewing somebody like he went balls to the wall, tooth and nail. You're going to answer my question. Yeah. Like Larry. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, Was pressed by the host to comment on the truthfulness of the story. George laughed and replied. The story is mostly true. And I wrote, I have one question to such a reply. What the hell does that even mean? Either it's true or it isn't. Plain and simple, Stephen.
1: I agree. You can't. That's not something you can be on the fence with. You know what I'm saying? It's either haunted or it's not. Either the story was made up or it's not. And
0: it's clear that the story was made up. I mean, period. I mean, Ronnie, Ronnie DeFeo's own lawyer was quoted in People Magazine. And I've looked up the quote and it's there. You can see this quote from 1979. I know the book was a hoax. Yeah. Hoaxers are going to hoax, homie. That's <laughs> <I can say.
1: laughs> oh, Jesus.
0: Haters is going to hate. So, oh, yeah. Oh, don't. Um... No, don't. <laughs> no, no but seriously, we're, we're going to be called that. There is going to be at least one person. Who writes in the comments, especially if we, you know, press like the Amityville being a hoax thing, oh, they're gonna be like pressed. you guys don't know what the fuck you're talking about, man. That like you were there, dude. This is from people <laughs> who were there. Father Mancuso sued the place, the Shinnecock tribe sued the place. The people that lived in the house after the Lutzes sued <laughs> because it was all horseshit. So <laughs> moving right along. Steven, you have got a video. But, but before before you do, oh, I, all okay. I want to say maybe is go.
1: when when I came out and the the reason you just saw my screen light up is cuz I had to look to verify. When when okay. when I came out publicly or, or uh, let's just say internet-wise, um mm-hmm. with Monster Vision TV and the pit crew and and, and books and all that stuff. I was jumping. I was learning i, I was learning the oh, there is there's a paranormal community. There's a lot of people like me. Look at this. point being is i I had like close to five thousand friends on Facebook, right? all mm-hmm. pa- all paranormal oriented. So this was fucking sixteen years ago, right? okay. I'd- So in that 16 years of time, I have went from 5,000 people to now my Facebook, 202.
0: (laughs) And I am proud to be a member.
1: (laughs) And most of those are best friends and family, Mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, I don't want to hear your bullshit. I don't want to hear your hoaxing. I don't want to hear war in this, war in that. Just don't even send me a friend request, please don't. Just don't, because I'm going to piss you off and you're going to piss me man. off.
0: Yeah. And I don't want to be pissed off. I know. What? I don't want to be pissed off either. I, I, I really, honestly, I need to go and, um, you know, kind of like go through my friends list because I know for a fact that there's at least 20 people on my friends list who are dead now. So I have to go in there and, you know, exit out of all that stuff. But yeah, man, I mean, I agree. It's like, I don't want to be a part of your group. Unless it's something that I'm actually going to participate in. Like I said, I could go on my Facebook page and it's like I am literally part of maybe two or three hundred groups and I participate in maybe five. Yeah. So with that being said, Rick, let's keep this train a rolling.
1: And not only is it just it's not a normal train, my friend. It is a flaming on fire, out of control fucking train. (laughs) <laughs> and we've got a fucking video. We're going to put that up on the screen. Um, uh, uh, this is just... I, I stumbled across it this morning. I was like, oh, oh, that's coming on the show. So, Rick, here's the story. The, the, okay. the headline, Burning German Ghost Train Stopped Near Austria Border. Okay? okay, so that grabbed me, man. That grabbed me. Ghost Train. This This is going to be cool. Because, look, all of you folks out there listening to this shenanigan, we've all heard the stories of the ghost trains or the light that's coming down the tracks. If you stand there at a certain time at night, you will see the light or hear the train. We've all heard stories about the ghost trains, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. Winston Zedmore almost got ran over by one,
0: which is, you know, like my absolute favorite part (laughs) in ghostbusters too. Okay. So,
1: this Winston. is is this is this really a ghost? I don't know. I'm just going to read you the article while you guys watch this video on loop. Authorities in southern Germany say efforts to put out a fire on a train turned into a spectacular chase. Early Friday, this was just a couple of days ago, Rick. The driverless diesel engine began taking off towards Austria. So this thing was sitting there yeah, and then just started moving driverless. Okay, here we go. All right, we're going to continue on here. So firefighters have been called to put out a train blaze at three in the morning on Friday. But shortly after they arrived, the train started moving. So the train was on fire. Fire Mm -hmm. department gets called. Fire department gets there. The train says, fuck you guys. And starts fucking going, right? So the Mm -hmm. train's moving. It's picking up speed, man. It rolled several miles towards the town of Freelassing. Freelassing. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, The video you guys are watching, you can see the flames and smoke pouring out of this train as it sweeps through the town. With firefighters in hot pursuit, Rick, railway officials manage to switch the ghost train onto a sidetrack where it was stopped by a buffer before it could cross the border and the fire was extinguished. However, the day was saved. No engineer, no passengers, nobody has any fucking clue how this happened as of right now. So, See, mysterious flaming train with no driver in Germany, folks.
0: Yeah, you know, I have, I really, I honestly do have a problem using the term ghost in this at all, anywhere near this, because here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like some dudes, they were like, you know, like drunk on some Three in the morning. beer or whatever. And they're like, you know, stumbling out of the bars and they're like, and I, in German, you know, it's like, Hey, let's set a train on fire. That, and send it
1: to Austria. that part. I can agree with you. Yeah. They've just come out of the pubs, man. because. Let's get on that train, man. They get up there, man. They're on the train. They're pissing on the seats. Who knows what they're doing?
0: Oh, yeah. Their
1: buddy Bill, dude, let's go. Let's go to the the, the front car. They get up there and they start pushing some buttons and stuff. Their buddy Ed's in the back, toking on that cigar. He he gets scared at something, drops the cigar. Oh shit, guys, we gotta go. So they run, <laughs> right? Right. The only part that gets me is the train was empty, okay. When firefighters arrived on the scene, and they're getting all set up with their hoses, and then and the train takes off. That's the part that baffles me: is somebody or something had mm. to put that into
0: motion. Obviously, because nothing is just going to start moving on its own. Something had to create that motion. So, ladies obviously. and gentlemen.
1: Was Ghost Rider upgrading, you know, from his bike to a train? We don't know here at Shadow Initiative Talk, but we want to hear what you think. You've seen the video. Hit us up at facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. Did a a ghost do this or is it something else?
0: Yeah, and and, and we'll, we'll put the video with the article up on are on our our Facebook group page. And, you know, you be the judge, obviously. Um, I'm not willing to say that there was anything supernatural or paranormal involved here. I'm a little bit skeptical on that. But um, something had to cause that to move. And I'm just thinking it's like a bunch of, you know, dudes coming out of a bar at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But with
1: that being said, Rick, I do have a funny story I'd like to share. Okay. While while I was uh, exploring our mysterious ghost train. (laughs) I stumbled upon probably the greatest article I have ever read
0: this year. Can't wait. Can't
1: wait. Okay. That's quite a setup, man. It better be good. Oh, it is fantastic. Okay. So I I, I haven't sent you the pictures, so you're going to have to see them later. Okay. But what y'all are seeing on the screen right now is a priest and the two young ladies beside him. Our dominatrix. Okay. <laughs> so I'm looking at ghost train and to the right is an article about a priest who got arrested. For fucking two chicks on the altar in the church. Wait, he got I, I am shocked by this. Okay. Oh
0: my God! Not
1: really. <laughs> okay, now, now, y'all at home, be the judge because I think there's more to this story than meets the eye. Okay, the church is huge, right? The that's the, what she's the the altar is up front. I guess you would you would say. And, and dude, we're talking the the seating in this church is three houses worth. Okay, huge, okay, huge fucking church. Now, from the road, with a pair of binoculars or maybe even a telescope, and I'm emphasizing this, you can see directly through one of the windows to the altar. Okay. Okay. All right. So, homeboy's in there. Church wasn't in session. Okay. This was just middle of the week. Homeboy priest decides going to hire me some dominatrixes and I'm going to fuck them in the church. Now, okay, so far not nothing wrong with that, you know. He's just the normal guy. Well, apparently there was a passerby who claims that she had clear visibility through this window from the road through the entire church to the altar where she saw said priest bent over the altar being spanked by the dominatrixes. So she proceeds to lift up her phone and film. Now the problem <laughs> I have with this, <laughs> it's not the one probably most people do that a priest was fucking two women in a church. Mm-hmm. My problem is he got arrested for it and is, I'm is serving two years in prison.
0: Oh, but okay, he got he got arrested for this for uh, I why because it's in a public building. They are maybe... saying indecent public exposure. Okay, now a
1: lot of the comments echo mine. Okay, one woman even made this elaborate video on YouTube showing mm-hmm. the interior of the. church. She must be near this church. Shows the interior of the church, how far the altar is, and then goes outside to where this lady claimed she was to see this happening, okay, and filmed it, right, where in all reality, you would have to either have been in the church to see it or up right to the window with your little cell phone zoomed all the way in, okay, in order to see this. Now, my argument is if me and my wife are fucking in the living room and somebody stops out in front of my house and just stares in, is that (laughs) indecent exposure on my part? I call that a a
0: peeping fucking Tom. Yeah, exactly. You are you are in your own home right doing stuff yeah exactly so this guy
1: yeah he don't own the church you know he he probably worst case scenario been fired (laughs) you know you're no longer being a priest at this church right shame on you you know exactly that should have been the extent instead in decent public exposure because a woman saw it where she claims from the road
0: yeah i'm sure years in prison bro yeah, she was like, like she was right in there, man. I mean, I'm su- I'm honestly surprised that she wasn't like right on top of them. Like, okay, now do this. Oh, yeah, that's hot. Um, But yeah, come on, man. That's ridiculous. So, hey, you know, that was an unintentional news of the weird. Yeah, it, it just, I, like I said, it just stumbled upon. I had to look, you know. Well, of course you did. I mean, I'm getting you know. ahead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so. so moving on. So moving right along. So all right, there is this um, this article that's going around, and um, you know, on, on a couple of groups that I belong to. Again, it's another one from ASAP where I found it, and it's about Wikipedia and skepticism in the paranormal. So I mean, Stephen, I don't know if you've ever. You know, gone on Wikipedia. I yes. mean, I know, you know, Wikipedia is not to be, you know, trusted or, or whatever. But if you look at pages on things like psychical research, parapsychology, um, certain ghost cases, haunted places, there is a bend towards skepticism. Mm-hmm. And not just skepticism, but cynicism. And there is a reason for this. And this article was really great. And it was written by uh, Craig Weiler. Craig Weiler is a paranormal investigator and researcher. Um, And he says, if you concentrate on Wikipedia articles about holistic medicine or the paranormal, you'll find that most of the articles are not just written from a skeptical point of view, but one that is strikingly similar to a particular skeptic organization. So there is an organization behind all the skepticism. And this organization, which we'll get to in a little bit, they're, in my opinion, they're just trolls, man. Mm -hmm. That's all they are. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll get to Wikipedia. One of the more depressing aspects of my job as a parapsychology journalist is dealing with the skepticism. It's not that skepticism isn't warranted when dealing with the paranormal. It absolutely is. It's the vast majority of skepticism is just bad. An open-minded person arguing with people who are strongly skeptical quickly realizes that their claim to being tough-minded and objective is really just stubborn people never admitting to being wrong. It's not critical thinking. It's just tedious. Where skepticism really goes off the rail of when it becomes a belief system. This is what I documented in my book, Cy Wars, TED and Wikipedia, and the Battle for the Internet. The skepticism has become more of a fringe, atheist, religious-like crusade to bring rationality to an increasingly irrational world. It seems like it should be a good thing. Who doesn't want more rationality? Am I right? In practice, what they do properly is called pseudo-skepticism, which isn't a careful analysis of specific objections, but rather a general dismissal of both people and subjects that they disagree with. Even the word rationality becomes a sort of a dog whistle. And I'm just going to read this and then, you know, we'll discuss in their case, rationality refers to a very specific belief system that these skeptics fully embrace. They believe in a material universe. This is increasingly up for debate as quantum physics repeatedly demonstrates that the universe is entangled and not locally real. As Ravelli pointed out, even physics itself is relational. So you can read this for yourself. Uh, We'll we'll put it up at the, um, at our, at our page, at our group page, but you know, really, when you look at a lot of these places on Wikipedia, you could tell that there is not just skepticism, but it comes from a very cynical where people, you know, actually put stuff in these Wikipedia articles where they are mocking or ridiculing people who believe in, um, you know, the paranormal. Like, I've actually mentioned this on the show before. where I, I, At a wedding, I had some drunk asshole come up to me and he's like, <laughs> I heard you're one of those Ghostbuster type. You know, go start real. Right. And I just turned to him and was like, hey, man, I don't remember asking your opinion because I didn't. But there is seem to be it seems to be somewhat fashionable for people to claim to be skeptics when they're not really skeptics. They're more like cynics. Correct. And they're closed minded and they don't want to. um, They they're not even willing to go on any kind of investigation to look for themselves because, well, I've already determined that that kind of stuff doesn't exist, you know, either being hauntings, cryptids, UFOs, naturopathy, homeopathy, you know, anything like that. They just say, or psychic ability. It's like that doesn't exist because I say so. So, you know, Stephen, how would you as a seasoned and veteran paranormal investigator and researcher, how do you answer these kind of, these kind of uh, concerns.
1: It's tough because Wikipedia, I've always said is like a Nazi regime, man. Um, beca- <laughs> That's, I had, pretty strong. well, I, they, they control it. They control the information. They control what gets edited, what gets changed. I had an instance for myself. There was this big mix up how, I don't know. But when paranormal state came out, I think because Ryan Buell mm-hmm was um, from South Carolina. And at the time I was running monster vision in the pit crew in South Carolina, there was Mm -hmm. some kind of mix up where Wikipedia had me on paranormal state. And I tried to go in because, you know, they claim anybody can edit articles, add information, you know, it's they, they claim it's a uh, group Uh, Group contributing. That's not... Mm -hmm. Dude, it takes an act of Congress to get something through to Wikipedia. Yeah. It really does. I would go in there. I would make the... I I was just basically taking my name out. Like, dude, I have nothing to do with this show. You know? And I would get an email later that my edit hasn't been accepted. My edit was denied. I need to provide... Uh, references, you know, quotes, any kind of media. Like, what the fuck, man? How do I get my own goddamn name off of this? That's straight up false information. Right. And and I eventually, eventually, because I had an entertainment attorney at the time, he took care of it and got my name removed. They even had my picture. And that, that was the angle he played, copyright infringement. You, Because in mm. my picture, I had a Monster Vision logo t-shirt on. So we didn't authorize that logo to be used by Wikipedia. That that was the card he played. Um, mm. But I've tried going in after that and make editing changes on things that I knew were inaccurate, uh, especially involving the paranormal. Dude, they won't let you do it. They won't yeah. let you do it. Now, on the other hand, they own the goddamn website. They can do whatever the fuck they want. I'm not sure. arguing with that. But don't put this shit out there as if it's fact. Because that article right there said belief, I don't know how many times, and belief does not mean fact. Correct. You know, Wikipedia is trying to be a dictionary or an encyclopedia, and it's not. It, it You know, it's just average people putting this information on there, and unfortunately, it's like a politician, they're putting their view, not necessarily the actual fact.
0: Well, that's the thing about, I think in today's society, you could sum it up very well with uh, people actually believe that their opinion is somehow the same as straight up fact. Right. And it's just not. It's your opinion. It's your belief.
1: And I I enjoy opinions, man. I I love sitting and having good, healthy, friendly debates. I mean, you're, you're, you're one of my best friends, and there are things we don't see eye to eye on.
0: Thanks, buddy. Who gives uh, a yeah.
1: shit? Exactly. You know, who gives a shit? That doesn't mean you're right. It doesn't mean I'm right. You know, but we know the difference between a fucking opinion and a fucking fact. So okay. I, I just I don't ever cite Wikipedia. You know, I was very happy with with my publisher when we were looking for um, footnotes and stuff uh, for one of my books. Uh, my my acquisition senator flat out said we will not be using anything from Wikipedia, mm-hmm. you know, because they only want your stuff to be fact based. Right. But you're right. You know, these people that there is a difference Skept, skepticism is not the same as being cynical and right. they're being cynical.
0: You know, when, when I was involved with um, ghost tapes mm-hmm. uh, almost 10 years ago now. Um, in the, in the very first, uh, ghost tapes documentary, Luke was interviewing a friend of his who was a skeptic and, you know, he's, you know, ghosts don't exist. This stuff isn't real. People are wrong concerning this. So Luke actually said to him, are you, w- would you be willing to go on an investigation with me to see for yourself? The guy just said flat out. No. So it's just, no, I'm going to sit here in my easy chair and. Go on and on and on about how, you know, people are either liars or they're on drugs or they're insane. And this stuff doesn't actually exist, but I'm not willing to go out and look for myself. It's like, fine, fuck you, then I don't want to I don't want to deal with you anymore.
1: I've got a really quick example of that
0: because you're a coward
1: back in 2011. um, I was holding uh, a paranormal event at the Brentwood Wine Bistro. Mm -hmm. And I brought my friend Shannon and Jeff Sylvia down. You know, Shannon's from Ghost Hunters International. Uh, Steven Lachance was there. Teddy Schuyler. um, Just to to do different presentations and all that. Well, of course, uh, Chef Eric wanted to get a lot of publicity for this. So he contacted the news outlets. He contacted the paper. And the newspaper got a hold of me. And uh, the guy who was going to cover the conference, uh he flat out told me he goes look i don't believe in any of this i just think it's all bullshit it's just it's it's snake oil you know Mm -hmm. and uh i said well i'm going to stop you right there i'm not going to participate in your article unless you agree to come and see for yourself If, if you don't experience anything fine no problem but you can't say that that location's not haunted if you've never stepped foot in it. Right. And, and he was really cool about it. It was an older guy too. It probably 60 some years old at that time. And, uh, he said, well, I can't be there the whole weekend. I said, just come for the investigation that night. He showed up. He sure as shit showed up and he investigated with us. And at the end of that night, he looked at me and he said, thank you for giving me that opportunity. He said, this is an experience I'm never going to forget. He said, it has changed my views completely. Yeah. Now that's true skepticism. Right. Okay. And and if nothing would have happened and, and he would have said, I'm sorry, Stephen, I just, I just don't see it. I'd have been fine with that too. Right. Cause he gave right. it a, he gave it a chance.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, and like you said that that's real skepticism. I mean you know, you're at least keeping yourself open-minded enough to show up. If you don't want to continue, if you don't want to believe anything, fine. I, I don't give a shit, man. I don't care if people believe. I don't care if they believe. I don't care if they don't believe. I don't care. But so with going back to this Wikipedia and skepticism and the paranormal, I mentioned, you know, a group that is it, that is actually involved in going into Wikipedia and Wikipedia allows them to go in and do whatever the hell they want to do because Wikipedia comes from a very skeptical bent. When it comes to the paranormal, it is the center for skeptical inquiry. These are the same guys who put out the skeptical inquirer,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, guys like Joe Nicola, the not so amazing, Randy, Michael Sherman, I believe that's his name. They've all worked for this group and It's like these are those kind of skeptics who are so arrogant that's like, I don't need to be there to know. I I, I don't need to be there to know what you saw, because I'm just going to say it doesn't exist anyways. And then it's done. So that's what this group is. And actually, in the article, this guy calls them a a fringe cult, which I think is kind of strong language. But whatever. It's like if you're going to call yourself a skeptic. A true skeptic, like, you know, your friend from the news media, a true skeptic is actually going to say, I don't believe it now, but I'll go and look for myself.
1: Yeah. Isn't that what we all do every day? Think about that. You see that movie trailer and you're like, ah, I don't know if that's going to be good or not, but I can't say if it's a good or bad movie until I watch it. Mm Right? Right. Have you ever ever heard anybody say that movie sucks? I haven't seen it, but it sucks. No, nobody, because you sound like an idiot. And the same goes for the paranormal field. You're not going to sit there and tell me I don't believe. And period. You're going to say I don't believe and this is why. Give me the why. Tell me. I'm completely open to it. And and, yeah. and fact of the matter is, is I'm on the side of the skeptics because of the TV shows and these stupid-ass groups and w- the Warrens and Zach Baggins. I don't blame people for re- being skeptical because of all those assholes. I get it. <laughs>
0: you, you know, I, I I describe my skepticism like this. I believe in the phenomena because I've seen it for myself. But... I'm skeptical about individual claims, like, but I'm willing to look into those claims for myself. Like when I go into a person's home to do an investigation, I neither believe nor disbelieve. I am there to look into your claims and to see if I can come up with something that confirms them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. Most of the time I can And that's just to be honest. Um at the same time though I'm not going to say to somebody who lives in their house 24/7 365 days of the year your house isn't haunted because clearly you're experiencing something. Right. That's true skepticism. And from what I understand about mainstream science, the mission of science is uncovering the mysteries of the universe. If you shut down parapsychology, cryptozoology, ufology, um you know studying and investigating psychic phenomena you're just not invest you're not exploring the mysteries of the universe well said there you go so explaining the mysteries of the universe let's do at least one more news of the weird this is a great one steven okay i know you like it so this is from only Media. And I swear to God, man, the eldritch gods of of the ancient world have smiled on us and sent us this story. And I'm so glad I was able to find it. A giant pink phallus may come to Florida thanks to Jesus and an atheist. (laughs) So Do tell. Christians and atheists are now getting together over giant pink phalluses. Uh, Chad Stevens wants to bring a big phallic energy to Fort Lauderdale in the name of religious freedom. A couple months ago, the city... Ho- Goddamn pop-ups. Seriously, dude. Pop-ups, man. They're going to be the...
1: Are are you on a, an Android device?
0: I am. Sorry, oh, I can't get Oh, that... So, let me see if I can do this again. All right, so... A giant pink phallus may be coming to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And if that happens, we'll have Jesus and an atheist to thank. A couple of months ago, the city hosted a Christmas tree lighting ceremony, as well as a menorah lighting celebration. Those were religious celebrations promoted by by government officials, suggesting that the public square was open to anyone who wanted to host a similar event. Enter Chaz Stevens. A local activist known for seeing an opening and driving a monster truck through it. He asked the city earlier this month for permission to host an event of his own on April second in honor of Kanamura Matsuri, the Shinto Festival of the Steel Palace. This is a real thing, folks. like they they actually do celebrate this in the Shinto religion. Shinto. the centerpiece of Shinto. yeah. the centerpiece of that event would be a three hundred pound, six foot tall pink penis. <laughs> He also told city officials that proceeds from the event would be donated towards, which I can't argue with this, I think this is great, uh, towards AIDS research as well as its LGBTQIA plus awareness, elevating both artistry and philanthropic causes in tandem. He also plans to hire a cop to protect his crown jewels. Uh, They asked him to submit an outdoor event application. The event would still have to be approved by an events committee and the city commission but as the South Florida Sun Sentinel notes, a rejection may lead to a religious discrimination lawsuit. So this cat down here, this Chad Stevens man, he's got his ass covered because of religious freedom. And religious freedom just does not apply to Christianity, Judaism, or Islam. No, it applies to all religions. At least it should. And I'm I'm thinking that, you know, Chad Stevens here is going to get his giant, giant pink dick, you know, driving down the road <laughs> and, and of all places. Family friendly, Orlando, Florida,
1: ladies and gentlemen, we are going to continue following this story. I see this guy as a guest. I see You're him as God a guest. Right. We are. I see him as a guest because, look, y'all out there with this whole free the nipple shit, which I'm not arguing with at all. I am on your side but it's time to free the penis. Yeah, (laughs) it is time to free the penis. And we are bringing this man on the show.
0: We, we, we got, we have got to, we got to talk to Chaz. Yes. uh, Chaz Stevens. And you know, about his giant pink dick, which is coming in April. And, um, (laughs) 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 that pun was not intended, Steven. It was not, intended. it's coming in April. I got to wonder, like, you know, Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, he kind of doesn't really dig on this kind of thing very much. So I'm kind of thinking that it's probably going to be denied.
1: Oh, big mistake.
0: Big mistake. We got your back, Chaz. We got your back. Yeah, exactly, Chaz. We got your back. Uh, Because there is a religious freedom thing here. Um, So let's just let's just wait and see what happens to uh, Chaz and his giant pink dick.
1: Dude, I swear to God, that'll be the greatest show we've we've ever done. <laughs> it totally will.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. So hey, you know, moving right along because free you know, the still penis, we- man. Hashtag. We, 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 hashtag free the penis. We got a couple more things that we got to go over here. We got to do creature of the week, man. We have not done creature in a, a creature of a week in a while. I'm
1: glad you said that. I almost of- almost was bringing us uh, some Bigfoot footage this morning. Um, oh, what happened? I looked at it. Oh, <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> it, it, t- it was some
0: dude in, in, in an ape suit. Total hoax.
1: Total hoax.
0: Yeah, that's typical. But this is not really a hoax. This is, and it's not even really so much a creature. I mean, some people might classify this, this as a creature. Others might just say this as being, you know, some kind of ghostly type thing. And I'm talking about the Dark Watchers. <laughs> In California. Um, they have been known for literally centuries by their Spanish name, which is Los Vigilantes Ascuros. And this is like a, it's a group of entities in California folklore going back even to the native, even to native Americans that lived in this area way before, you know, the Spanish came to southern california and it and it happens to travelers along uh santa lucia mountains which is you know in southern california so the dark watchers are described as tall sometimes giant sized featureless dark silhouettes often adorned with brim hats or walking sticks so right there that actually you know sets up a red flag of like you know of the um supposed shadow people right these right supposed to be shadow people um they are most often reported to be seen in the hours around twilight and dawn they are said to motionlessly watch travelers from the horizon along the santa lucia mountain range according to legend no one has seen one up close and it sometimes were and if someone were to approach them they disappear while sometimes attributed to the chumash people which is the local native american tribe who historically inhabited the central and southern coastal regions of California, nothing analogous to the legend appears to exist in their mythology. Nothing that is like specifically that, okay? But they do have other spiritual beings that are sort of like this involved in their mythology. When Spanish settlers first moved into the area, they were said to have witnessed the dark watchers whom they dubbed los vigilantes Oscuros. The dark watchers are most famously given a brief mention in John Steinbeck's flight included in the 1938 collection of his short stories, The Long Valley. And he writes, and we'll end it there and we'll discuss these dark watchers. Pepe looked suspiciously back every minute or so and his eyes saw the tops of the ridges ahead. Once in a white barren spur, he saw a black figure for a moment, but he looked quickly away for it was one of the dark watchers. No one knew who the watchers were nor where they lived But it was better to ignore them and never to show interest in them. They did not bother one who stayed on the trail and minded his own business. So the Dark Watchers, of course, you know, we're going to end it right there with, you know, John Steinbeck, who is, you know, one of the great authors. He's a national treasure. Well, I'll just, you know, leave it with that. So they sound like the shadow people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know that we hear a lot about, you know, wearing the white-brimmed hats or whatever, you know, staring people down. But there's another thing to consider here, and that is something called the Brocken spirit. Have you ever heard of the Brocken spirit, Stephen? I'm sure you have. Do tell. Okay, so what happens is is that uh, it's called uh, or the, the Brocken shadow, rather, I should say. I'm sorry, I, miss, I misspoke. Uh, the, according to, you know, mainstream science, Brocken spirit happens when... Light shines through mist, Mm -hmm. and it causes a shadow. Mm -hmm. Especially if someone is someone physical is there, it causes the shadow of what looks like a giant black shadow. Yes, that is being uh, shown on the side of a mountain, and a lot of people will, you know, skeptics will say, of course, and even I'm saying that this is probably what this is. This broken spirit, um, that this is probably what it is. People are. Mistaking their own shadow caused by atmospheric phenomena. And there's also another place that's over in Scotland um, where they, you know, in, in another mountain range over there where people have been seeing this, you know, Bigfoot like creature, but it's just, again, it's just the, it's been proven to be the Brocken spirit. And I think that that's what's going on here. But then again, you also have other people that are like, no, we've interacted with these things, we've seen them. You know, we haven't really seen them up close, but we've seen them. You know, move, and they are frightening, and they are terrifying. And um, you know, thankfully, we've that's the closest we've ever gotten to them. So I'm just kind of, you know, curious, Stephen. What is your take on the California Dark Watchers?
1: It could be an illusion. I mean that that, that same philosophy has been put to uh, UFOs as well. Sure. You know that that same rocking shadow or whatever. Which is very possible. I mean that that's that goes back to what you you asked earlier in the show. If you can dismiss one thing, does it dismiss it all? No, mm-hmm. no. I mean, yeah, and a mirage, an optical illusion, can make you think you're seeing something that isn't there. And and what immediately comes to mind is is back home where I grew up, um, there was an area that uh, my father and I would go hunting, and we would get to, to where we were going to set up and he would always say, now just, just stare right down through there and tell me what you see. And I would stare and stare. And when the light would start to rise a little bit, cause this was before sunrise, it would look like a bear, like on its hind legs, you know, like mm-hmm. a bear like creature, but really all it was was light playing with, with the trees. but it was a common thing amongst the family that you would see this illusion. It would look like, you know, in the past, dad said people have taken shots at it (laughs) because they thought it was really this nine foot tall, you know, maybe Bigfoot, but it was just an illusion. So that stuff can happen. But I look, I don't like to look at the one instance. I like to look at the big picture and the big picture tells me and you and everybody in paranormal land that, Shadow entities, shadow creatures, um, Grim Reaper, whatever you want to refer to these things as, have been documented all throughout history, all around the world.
0: Right. So not 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 everybody could possibly be seeing an illusion. Right. Exactly. Exactly.
1: So certainly I'm open to it. Um, Could it be an illusion? Could it not be? um don't tank you're me. all fucking wet dog <laughs> um tank needed to make an appearance apparently he did hey don't be lifting that leg bro
0: not on my toy collection anyways
1: <laughs> go <laughs> peel mommy stuff go
0: so yeah i mean this is this is a really interesting creature but i, I you know the jury is out with me concerning it, it could be, you know, a real spirit being, or it just could be an illusion or a mirage or whatever. Tank, you're all wet,
1: dude. Sorry, <laughs> folks at home who's not watching the video version of this. My dog Tank, he's probably going to use my floor now to dry off. I'm super excited mm-hmm. about that.
0: <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> These sure kids today. Oh, kids, man, am I right? So yeah, you know, hey, um, if you got anything else.
1: No, I, I think that was a fantastic show You did say um, we're going to be out next week So next week will be a rerun mm-hmm. And then uh, we'll be back on the 5th And uh, I will. that will be day 2 Of recording the Phantom Music Box Project, Rick So I may stream from my studio
0: Ooh, can't wait to see that Yeah so, as always, we end the show with Ghostwatch. And yes. this time we're going over to the Islington neighborhood. And this is uh, a good one, folks.
1: This is a good this, one. This is
0: a good one. Because it may be mass hysteria or maybe just like mass panic. But at the same time, there could have been something involved with this. And this, of course, is the Islington horror. I'm Raquel, And this is Ghostwatch. <laughs> Among the ornately painted stained glass windows of historic St. Mary's Parish Church in Islington is the curious portrait of Richard Cloudsley, a wealthy landowner and benefactor of the church, whose love of Islington and his ancient home of worship still reverberates to this day. And although he was much loved and respected, some unknown sin, as some believed, caused Cloudsley to find nothing but unrest in his grave. Because shortly after dying, the field where he was buried found itself in turmoil as it was seemingly hit by what appeared to be a supernatural earthquake. Now an earthquake in London, nothing could be stranger, but it was for this bizarre geological event was believed to be caused by Richard Cloudsley's ghost returning from the dead and causing quite the stir among the locals. Before we explore this haunting that caused a great deal of fear in the North London neighborhood of Islington, we should take a look at the Grade II listed church at the center of all the ghostly dismay. The first known church to sit on the land that St. Mary's now occupies was established and consecrated in the 12th century. The original church served the community for over three centuries until it was torn down and rebuilt in the 15th century. By the mid-18th century, the church fell into disrepair. But thanks to the Islington Church Act of 1750, a new church was designed and built by Lancelot Dawbiggin. The new church was completed and consecrated in 1754. Leading up to modern times, uh, St Mary serves Islington, which has become a fashionable neighborhood north of London, and regardless of the passage of time, St Mary's continues its evangelistic pursuits. What of the ghost that allegedly caused a frightening episode of mass hysteria that forever remains embedded in the very foundations of Islington? A horrific appar- apparition that struck fear in all those that worked and lived there. According to the historical record, the ghost was believed to be the revenant of Richard Cloudsley. Cloudsley was the wealthy landowner and member of a family with its roots in Islington going back centuries. Before passing from this world in 1517, Richard Cloudsley left a large tract of land, 14 acres to be exact, to the parish of St. Mary's. Due to his generous donation, Richard's mortal remains were buried alongside his parents in the parish churchyard. And to immortalize his contribution, an epitaph was read. Here lies the body of Richard Cloudsley, a good benefactor to his parish, who died 9 Henry VIII, Anno Domini, 1517, and it was placed over his tomb. And although he was a wonderful man who did a wonderful things, things were about to get weird. Things that either sound like a late-night horror movie or something out of our darkest nightmares. Not long after his death and the burial of Richard Cloudsley, panic and chaos found its way to this otherwise quiet section of North London. According to the historical record, what can only be described as an earthquake violently shook a field near the parish church. The ground trembled. And nerves were frayed to the breaking point as the ghost of Richard Cloudsley returned from the grave and struck terror in the hearts of Islington. The horror was so great; local clergy rushed to the scene and exercised the restless dead. When the ancient rites were complete, the Islington ghost returns to its grave, and the land miraculously healed itself. The unexplained supernatural upheaval was over, and the people believed the ghost would never stalk them again. And as you might expect, they were mistaken. Almost two weeks after Christmas Day in 1899, an article detailing a troubling event was printed in the Sheffield Evening Telegraph. According to the article, a man claimed that while walking past St. Mary's Church, he was startled when a giant white apparition appeared in front of him. Before he could flee, the apparition turned and vanished toward the church. When the article was released, the citizens of Islington feared that the nightmarish ghost had returned to wreak havoc once again on Islington. When word got out, a crowd of people that progressively got bigger congregated outside St. Mary's churchyard. They were on a ghost hunt and wanted to see if the Islington ghost had indeed returned from its grave. The crowd got so unruly, constables were called in to disperse the crowd and regain order. The ghost never actually made an appearance skeptics would suggest that the fear that fell upon the 16th century islington was nothing more than mass hysteria caused by not understanding that the earthquake was natural and not supernatural in nature it was it has further been suggested that the 19th century newspaper article was yellow journalism as its finest but even with mass hysteria something does touch it off and it's possible that the ghost of richard Cloudsley was in fact seen and events just snowballed from there whatever the case may be the islington ghost has yet to reappear a fact that the people of islington no doubt take comfort in i'm rick hale and this was ghostwatch
1: so that's a good one right (laughs) (laughs) now rick i i was i was getting prepared (laughs) before we uh close out the show there's a there's a couple things I'm sending to your uh um your messenger okay <laughs> just so you can put some eyes on this um ladies and gentlemen you're seeing the pictures again just because they are so fucking
0: fantastic
1: um this this goes with our 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 <laughs> our pre-story here buddy
0: oh boy here we go here they
1: here they come to you I want you to see them just so you can see this situation.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember seeing. I remember hearing about this guy.
1: Yeah, look <laughs> at him. He's awesome.
0: Oh, he is awesome. I mean, it was like. <laughs>
1: Fantastic. Wow.
0: I mean, obviously, this guy had to pay for this. So,
1: Oh, clearly. <laughs> but it looks like the girls have enjoyed the exposure. I'm I'm sure that um their sales are going through the roof.
0: <laughs> wow, that's all I could say about that. I, I th- this is old man. I remember seeing this like maybe a year or two ago.
1: Yeah, at yeah the it most. is. It is. But
0: still, you know, nevertheless, it's a great story. Right. Um, yes, yeah, so, yeah. This this guy definitely has to pay for. What well, would have to pay for sex? But, um, <laughs> so, a hey, interesting ghost watch. It's yeah. definitely, uh, you know, it, it's definitely a departure from the normal haunted place. Um, I mean, seriously, man, like this, this whole historical account really does read like some kind of late night horror movie. Like. Mm-hmm. ghost of the vengeful witch rises from the grave and wreaks havoc and that's kind of what this is going with you know with here um it's never really specified what sin richard Cloudsley may have done but i'm going with there was a real ghost and like i said in the story it just sort of snowballed from there you know that's my take on it
1: Buddy, Buddy just came in here for the Dominatrixes. That's uh
0: <laughs> oh, like, are cutie. you
1: showing them pictures again? Let me see. Buddy cutie. So hey man, great show. Yeah, great show, guys. Hit us up at facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative for daily paranormal talk and shenanigans. Uh, you can, if you're listening to the podcast, you can watch this show at label 13 videos on YouTube. Or if you join us on Facebook, it's all there so we're taking a break
0: next week and then we'll be back yeah we'll be back and uh there is a guy that i'm going to be contacting about being a guest on the show hopefully he can come on um he is a poltergeist he is an expert on poltergeist which is uh you know one of my favorite things to talk yes. about but this guy has written several books on the subject so hopefully we can get him on in two weeks cool and deal until i actually can hear back from him
1: Right. So with that being said, we're going to try to get those dominatrixes on the show too, just to to talk to them a little bit.
0: Hey, giant pink phallus guy, dominatrixes. This may very well be the most epic show we've ever done if we can get these people on.
1: I'm down. I'm down. I'm down. So with that being said, everybody stay safe out there. Hug your family. Love them. It's a crazy world. Keep listening to and watching Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk and TV. This is Rick and Steven, and we're out for another week.